there. Welcome to the Female Empowerment Podcast. My name is Carly, and I'm a big believer in actively bringing about more goodness to our communities. It feels good to know that we're not alone and that someone else out there has experienced the same challenge we're facing now. Whether those challenges are related to business, motherhood, or general life as a woman, this podcast is a platform that I've created to allow women to share their inspirational stories and greatest business tips to help make your day just a little bit better and your life just a little bit easier. Keep listening to learn from our amazing guest of the day and be sure to share this episode with a friend. Hello, thank you again for returning to listen to the Female Empowerment Podcast. This podcast is just for women and it's all about personal development, business development, and motherhood, or should I say parenthood. Today, I have my friend Hannah Olson on the podcast with me, and we'll be talking about the term motherhood and how our perception of what that means has become a bit construed as a society. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Hannah. If you follow me on Instagram, my handle is Branding for Women, then you may recognize the name Hannah Olson or her Instagram handle, which is Freckled Han, because I share her content often in my stories. Hannah's known for her brilliant life hacks and the overall message she shares that motherhood is a relationship. She'll be telling us more about what that means on the show today. So let's get going. Hey, Hannah, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting about this. (laughs) Me too. I just feel like your message is so important. And the more I listen to you and hear you talk about it on your platform, the more I see it in my life and the lives of people around me, how they are understanding that motherhood is a relationship or how they're not really understanding Mm -hmm. that. So it's just so interesting. I'm really excited to have you here to tell all the listeners about it. So tell us, how did this all start? All right. So this goes back a little bit about six years ago when I got pregnant with my oldest child, Lydia. And just a little context there. I was graduated. My husband was about to graduate from college. We'd been married for a couple of years. So like on the outside, the timing of having a baby seemed like an appropriate time. It just wasn't really the time that I had envisioned. I kind of envisioned holding off a few more years, working. I was teaching sixth grade, loving it. That had always been my lifelong dream to teach elementary school. Anyway, and then lo and behold, I found out I was pregnant. And I was not happy to put it mildly. I was grumpy. I was sick. I was battling, you know, throwing up multiple times a day. So I was physically unwell, but mentally it was just an extremely challenging time for me. And I'd be curious to hear your perspective of what you felt like when you were pregnant with your son. But I think because I was already so grumpy about being pregnant. It seemed like everything I heard about kids and parenthood and motherhood specifically was negative. And just things like say goodbye to your sleep, say goodbye to your date mates, say goodbye to like your life is going to be different. And, and the, the icing on the cake, motherhood is hard. That was just the phrase that I just felt pounding down the door every single day. Literally every day I was in tears over the whole thing. And I'm sure the hormones are no joke that in a significant role as well. But I would just continually ask Steven, who's my husband, why do people even have kids? It seems like everybody hates it. It seems like everybody's unhappy and they wish they hadn't or yada, yada, yada. But yet 
people are still having kids. So why? I don't get it. Like even these people who are telling me motherhood is so hard and this and yada, yada, yada. It's like they have more than one kid. <laughs> so what, what is it? I don't get it. Anyway, so I struggled with that a lot and just general negativity around the whole idea of motherhood. And that was pretty much the entire pregnancy. Once Lydia was born, I'm very grateful to say that things changed pretty quickly for me. And I know that they don't for a lot of women. So I do feel very fortunate in that way. I did bond with her pretty quickly. And the thing that just stuck out to me so much was just this idea that, yes, a lot of the things that I was doing were hard, but I didn't feel like those things were inherently motherhood, quote unquote. For example, lack of sleep. That is hard. But a lot of people deal with lack of sleep. You know, like my husband was dealing with lack of sleep. I was dealing with lack of sleep. People who were graveyard slaves are dealing with lack of sleep. There's a lot of instances, nurses that work, you know, crazy long hours. There's a lot of people that deal with lack of sleep. And so just that in and of itself didn't really equate to motherhood to me. And there was just a lot of illustrations of that. Like, okay, being home with my daughter all day while my husband was at school was lonely. There are a lot of people who are lonely in lots of different, you know, elderly people who are, oh wait, I don't, you're not supposed to say elderly, right? Elders. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, um, anyway, our elders who are living alone and don't have a lot to do. They're lonely, right? So just saying motherhood is lonely or motherhood is this, it's just that didn't really resonate with me. And so it kind of led me on this journey of, okay, so then what is motherhood? People will say motherhood is changing diapers or motherhood is preparing meals. And and whenever I'd hear those things, I'd think, okay, but my daughter doesn't care if I'm the one changing her diaper. Like that doesn't, that's not what's making me her mom. My daughter doesn't care if I'm the one making dinner for her. Anyway, so over the course of the next couple of years, we added a bunch more kids. (laughs) So my daughter is five. um, She's almost six and we are expecting our fifth child in December. So that has just been, you know, a lot. And that was a conscious decision that we made. It sounds like this idea that motherhood as a relationship has helped you so much that you not only overcame the fear with your first child, but you've had four more since then. So I didn't actually come to the realization of motherhood as relationship until last year. I always knew that motherhood was different than what I was seeing it as portrayed in so many different areas, but I didn't have the language for it. So it kind of sent me on this journey of like, okay, so then what is motherhood? And I kept trying out different things for a little while. It was like, okay, motherhood is love, which kind of works, but then that didn't fully I didn't feel like that was fully it. So I I went down that road for a little while and then it was like, okay, not quite. So then as you were having all these kids, I always had in the back of my mind, like I'm okay. I am on board with asking for help. Like when, and if, and when this gets to be too much, which it will at some point with all these little babies, I'm going to ask for help. And I didn't know what that help would look like, whether that would be, you know, help cleaning or help caretaking or whatever it was, but it was just like, I want to have these kids close together. That's something that I am excited about. And my husband was also. 
So when I need help, I'll ask for help. And I'm not going to feel like that's a reflection of me as a mom, because I know that that's okay to ask for help. Anyway, fast forward to last year when I was pregnant and then had my fourth baby and we were in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) And that's when things got a little weird because I'd always said I would ask for help. And now I didn't feel like that was an option because you know, you weren't supposed to be letting people into your home. You weren't supposed to be going anywhere. You weren't really quote unquote supposed to, you know, like that was what we were being asked. Try to stay home. And anyway, so that was really hard. And that was the first time that I really did feel like I was in over my head because I didn't have the option. I think before that, even having two under two, three under three, you know, I was able to handle it okay because I always had that open in my head. Like if I need help, I'll get help. And so I didn't need help because I was open to that, if that makes sense. Anyway, then last year I had my fourth baby and I was struggling. I had a pretty rough recovery with him. He was 10 pounds and that was bigger than any of my previous babies. And I just, my body was, I mean, you know, four pregnancies and five years is a lot. And it was definitely taking its toll. And so I was struggling. And one day my husband was working from home, which was a huge, huge blessing during all this. And he came downstairs and he could just tell that I was having a really hard day. And so he was like, why don't you go for a drive? Why don't you go have some space, go clear your head, go up to the mountains or whatever. We live close to the mountains. And so I was like, okay, So I went on this drive and I'm a huge podcast listener. I have always loved listening to podcasts, but with never leaving the house and having so many little kids, I wasn't doing that anymore. And and I was just like discovering all these things that I used to do the year before, but then just with the pandemic and having these four kids, it had kind of slipped. Anyway, I promise this story is almost done. (laughs) We're good. As I was driving, I had this epiphany that motherhood is a relationship. And further expounding on that, it was this idea that, okay, I have always been raised to believe, and I don't know if I've ever been taught this explicitly, but it was very much how I, I viewed it was the most quote unquote righteous thing I can do is be a stay at home mom. And that's the best thing that I can do for my kids and my family. Right. Well, as I was doing this drive and I had this epiphany of motherhood's relationship, it was like, okay, wow. I am literally spending every minute of every day with my kids because of the pandemic. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. And my relationship with them is the worst it has ever been. So maybe it's not about the minutes. Maybe it's not about the time I'm spending with them. Maybe it's about figuring out how to nurture that relationship in whatever medium that can be, right? And so for me, that was, I need to start finding something that I can do for me. I'm a really creative person. And so I enjoy creating things. And I hadn't been, I didn't have really any outlets. And so I'd have photography on the back burner off and on, but it had always been very back burner because I'd been having all these kids. And so it was like, you know what? I'm going to start carving out some time every week where I can have that creativity for me. And I'm going to actually turn it into a business so that I can have a little bit of money coming in so that I can pay for childcare. So, you know, I think that even of itself, a lot of times women, when they want to 
pay for childcare, they feel like they need to pay for it themselves. And I don't think that that's a healthy mentality. I think that it is benefiting the family. And so I don't think that we should feel like we need to pay for that. And Stephen was really good. He never made me feel that way, but I think that's just a common, I just wanted to call that out because that's a common problem. I think a lot of women have, sorry, that was a tangent (laughs) anyway. So that's what he did. And things were like calming down as far as pandemic goes. And so I was like, I feel comfortable finding a nanny that comes in 10 hours a week. They can play with my kids just here at home. And honestly, it was one of those things where once I made the decision and started asking God for help, everything fell into place. I found the most amazing nanny and um, she has been such a blessing to our family. Anyway, that takeaway though of, okay, motherhood is a relationship. I think on the surface level, it's like, yeah, well, duh. But when you really break it down, you realize how much we overcomplicate motherhood as a society. All right. I'm done monologuing. Please talk. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I didn't want to interrupt because I just loved, I just loved hearing all of that. And I'm definitely more of an observer. So I think that was wonderful. And we needed to hear your story. Motherhood is a relationship to me. When I think about that, I think about picturing you and your home in the pandemic. And this is like the scenario I have playing out in my head is it's, You've got a lot of kids. Things get messy really fast, even with just one kid. (laughs) And yeah, things get messy. Things get confusing. Different kids asking for different things at the same time. Kids fighting, stuff like that. And I can see how that would be really overwhelming. But then I can also see motherhood as a relationship comes in where it's how you make choices of like how you're going to react to things and what you're going to prioritize. So you could prioritize making sure the house is clean and spend all day long cleaning after the kids who make messes so fast. It's crazy. (laughs) Um, Or when your kid says, I want to watch a movie or like, I want to play this game with you. You could choose to go ahead and play that game with them instead of worrying about how clean your house is or isn't. Yes. And that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. I think when we just have that reminder, motherhood is a relationship at the forefront of our minds, it really does help us prioritize. And, and that's the thing too, is like, sometimes maybe having the house clean for that hour is really important. And so when you think about the long-term relationship of the child, like saying, sorry, I got to clean the house for an hour that's okay too. You know, like that's the the amazing thing about viewing it as a relationship is that because relationships are lifelong. And so they're going to ebb and flow. And it doesn't mean that I need to feel like I am responsible for entertaining my children from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I don't think that's healthy for the relationship either, right? Like they need to be independent and learning on their own, but then being able to have that. And even just in our interactions, remembering motherhood as a relationship and okay, how is me disciplining them in this way or punishing them in this way? What is that doing for my relationship with my kids? Right. And so I just think it seeps into every single part of it, but then it's also so freeing too, because then it's like, Oh wait, you mean I can go to dinner with my girlfriends or go on a week long trip with my husband and not have to feel guilty about it because that relationship still exists even if I'm not caretaking for them 24 seven, which that is the huge disconnect that we have in our society because with men and fatherhood, 
We have no problem separating that from caretaking and housework. But with motherhood, it is all wrapped up so tightly together that this mom guilt thing is destroying everything. And it's so sad to watch because I see these women who feel like they can't, like it's irresponsible of them to go out with friends or hire a babysitter or support the relationship with their husband, because that is time away from their children. And that is just so backwards to me because the reality is having that distance does wonders for the relationship and is actually very good both for your kids and for you and your marriage. I love this. It's like giving you permission to look at the overall picture, the lifelong picture, and it gives you permission to let go of the mom guilt. Just let it go. And I also love that you brought up that it's so different with dads and the pressures that society puts on them are very different. And fatherhood is portrayed very differently than motherhood is. So it makes me think about how I've been given the marriage advice from therapists, a qualified therapist, (laughs) that it's good to have your own time, that you as the wife, as a spouse, has your own time to do your thing. And then your partner's spouse has their time to do their thing. And you can take that time apart at the same time or at different times. And then when you come together again, it's really reviving for your relationship to have that time. So it makes sense that it's the same, that it would apply to your children as well. Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes that I I posted a couple of times, is that weird to say it's my own favorite quote, but (laughs) it's just, don't be so full of yourself as to think your kids don't need a break from you just as much as you need a break from them. Because like, it's healthy to have a little bit of space, you know, and we think it's so selfish of us to take that space. But the reality is they are benefiting too. This is good for everyone in the situation. Let's talk more about relationships and different kind of relationships that are out there. I feel like I've learned a lot from just thinking about how other people's relationships are and then putting that into perspective between me and my kids. Like it helps. I feel like we just have a really unbalanced, unhealthy view of what a relationship with your kid looks like. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure if this is taking serious a little bit away, but one thing that I have, especially lately been kind of clued into is this idea that women expect to be fulfilled from the role or relationship of motherhood. And I don't necessarily think that that is a healthy mentality because if you are equating that to any other relationship, it would be considered unhealthy. People would agree that if a woman expected all of her fulfillment to come from her husband, that would be unhealthy. If, you know, I expected all my fulfillment to come from my sister or my best friend or whatever, that would be unhealthy. But yet it's almost the norm to expect that to come from your kids. And I think that's putting a lot of pressure on kids, especially toddlers (laughs) who are very much figuring out the world and, you know, their, their emotions and processing all of that, which is very normal and healthy for them to do. So if we're trying to project all of our fulfillment on that and, and on them and on that relationship, that is where a lot of unhappiness can come pretty quickly. And so I think it's important that we own that power because it's really our responsibility to find fulfillment and figure out what things are fulfilling to us. And so that's where 
I absolutely think that you can do things with your children that are going to be fulfilling. So a few examples would be like, for me, laughter, laughing is fulfilling. Creating things is fulfilling. Teaching is fulfilling. Can I laugh and create and teach with my kids? Absolutely. But that is putting me in the power and in the control rather than handing that control to them, to a (laughs) two-year-old and being like, you are my fulfillment now. Right. And so I think, yeah, when we're thinking about it as a relationship, that is a lot clearer, but when we have these misconstrued ideas of what motherhood is, that's when we run into trouble. Those are some really good points. What type of people really benefit from this idea? Because I'm wondering, is this idea more relevant in certain cultures or lifestyles Or is it something that is kind of woven into societies all over the world? Is there a certain type of people or group or person with a certain background that benefits the most from this? I can't speak for a worldwide audience. I honestly don't know. But I do think that people who were raised in a similar situation as I was, where it was a very traditional, the mom being a stay-at-home mom was kind of put on a pedestal and praised as the most righteous option kind of. And like a lot of people look at it as a luxury, which it is in a lot of ways, you know, like I am very fortunate that my husband's job provides for us. And so that I can be home, but then it just comes into sticky territory because it's like, well, if you're unhappy, even if that is a luxury, if you're unhappy and you're suffering and your children are suffering, then is it really a luxury? (laughs) You know, there are a lot of things you kind of have to unpack with that. Culturally, I would say it's the majority of women who at least experience this to some degree, but specifically religious communities, I think are, are more prone to this sort of thinking. And I don't, I, I just don't feel like that was ever God's intention. I don't think that God ever intended women to feel constricted by motherhood. I think his intent was for it to be an expanding our sense of self, right? Like, what can I be learning from this? How can this help me grow? Because I do think that there are so many ways that this relationship, just like a relationship with my husband and a relationship with a friend, you know, like it's not the only way to learn these things and expand, but it is a really, really great way because you do have to learn patience and you have to learn how to deal with difficult situations. Like there are so many things that you learn from it. But I do think that it's meant to be an expansion of who we are and not this constricting, all-encompassing thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that idea is very freeing in itself, too, to just think that having a child just adds to the goodness I already have in my life and is not taking away from that and is not preventing me from continuing to do what I love to do. We will just work together to find a pattern that works best for us. Right. And there will be sacrifices along the way, obviously. And I think that that comes from being a parent, like equally men and women together. And that's where, again, there's this societal disconnect because it seems like men are expected to sacrifice some and women are expected to sacrifice everything. And I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's how it was intended. And even like, I mean, if you listen to some Mother's Day talks or conversations where people are talking about their moms and it's in a way that's like, like, oh yeah, my mom sacrificed everything for me. And I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's how it should be talked about. I do want my kids to see that I 
sacrifice for them. But I think there's a fine line between sacrificing and slaving. (laughs) And a lot of what women do is slaving and that causes resentment, you know, and I don't think that that is healthy for the family. Absolutely. If you think about sacrificing through a relationship, like that is really good in a relationship to put someone else's needs above your own, just to show love in some cases. I want to be really careful about how I say that. But if you think about it in context of like with your spouse or with your sister or with your friend, like you can sacrifice some time for them or, you know, giving them things that prove that you love them occasionally is a really nice gesture. It's really good for the relationship, but that's very different from what we are seeing with moms and their kids of wanting, like you said, being more enslaved. Well, and I think it comes back to having boundaries, which is something that a lot of stay-at-home moms don't even necessarily think applies to them and their children, or even just parents in general, like just having boundaries. Because I do think, again, when you're thinking about the long-term relationship, there are going to be times where I can give more to that relationship than other times. So like, for example, right now, while I'm pregnant, my capacity is a lot lower. So things that I can do for my kids when I'm not pregnant, that doesn't feel like slaving, that just feels like serving and sacrificing, I'm capable of doing. Whereas now I'm in a place where I can't do as much. And that's where, again, it comes back to being able to see that relationship as a whole and understanding that it is going to ebb and flow. There will be times where I can give more and there are going to be times where I have to just put a boundary and just be like, you know what? I'm really sorry. Like carrying my kids, I'll carry my baby, but my two-year-old and my four-year-old want me to carry them. And I'm just like, they'll say, hold me, hold me. And I'll say, I'll hold your hand because that's all I have the capacity for right now, you know? And so I think that that is really important that we are allowing ourselves the ability to be in tune with our needs and being willing to stick to our boundaries, even with our kids and knowing that that is a healthy thing. Definitely. And you don't need to feel guilty about it. Right. Love that. I'd love to talk more about stay-at-home moms and get your perspective about the idea of the relationship versus the job and how have you been navigating this? Yeah. So that is something that I've talked about before. Stay-at-home mom is a job title, whereas motherhood is a relationship. And so a lot of people say, I just need a break from motherhood. I just need a break or I really don't want a mom today. But really what they're saying is I need a break from caretaking right now. I need a break from having the household responsibilities on my shoulders, which those things are absolutely things that you can and should be taking breaks from. The amazing thing about motherhood's relationship is that even if you remove yourself from the situation, like I said, you go on a trip or whatever away from your kids, you're still a mom. That relationship still exists. So saying I need a break from motherhood isn't actually what you want at all. You want to break from the caretaking and the responsibilities that come along with caretaking. I kind of feel like I have the best of both worlds right now. I think my husband gets jealous isn't the right word, but because I am so fortunate that I can just pick and choose my work hours and then be both. I can be a stay-at-home mom and have a business. And I do try to create separation between those because which is difficult as a small business owner. I'm sure you understand having those boundaries is really difficult. And lately I've been particularly bad, (laughs) bad at it. So this is a good reminder for me to be more intentional. I offer these boot camps for women to kind of help take them through this process of understanding motherhood as a relationship. And one of the first things that we do is sit down and we have them write out their job description of what it means to be a stay at home mom 
because if it's a job, we should start treating it like a job, right? And that is a separate thing from your relationship with your kids. So when I say stay-at-home mom, this encompasses, depending on the situation, it frequently encompasses things like preparing meals, grocery shopping, doing the laundry, those types of household things that are really almost entirely unrelated to the relationship itself. And then kind of looking over that list, because there is a lot of invisible labor or mental load that these women are carrying that a lot of times they don't even realize they're carrying. And so after they go through this list, I have them talk to their husbands about it and see, okay, what are these things? Is there anything on here we could possibly outsource? Is there anything on here that can be yours? And it's not that you're helping me by doing the laundry. Like you are now in charge of the laundry or whatever it is. And just really helping them define that role. Because for a lot of women, they say, I've always wanted to be a mom. And by that, they usually mean stay-at-home mom. And like, that's what I've always wanted. Essentially, that's their dream job. Well, how would you treat it differently if you thought of it as a dream job, right? One thing that I have been in a really bad habit of lately is I wake up and I lay in my bed and I scroll Instagram for 45 minutes before I get out of bed. Is that setting myself up for success in my job? Not at all. (laughs) That is something that I have been really bad at. And even getting dressed, that is another thing that's like, okay, if this is my job, how am I going to treat this like a job? And then mapping out time of like, this is going to be the block where I take care of these households chores. This is going to be the block where I'm going to focus more on my kids and we're going to play a game or we're going to do something together to foster that relationship. And that is a huge advantage of stay-at-home moms is that they can have that freedom to block out their day the way that they want to. I think it is overwhelming because it's so much time that it's easy to not use it intentionally because it's like, oh, I can do it later or whatever. I'm not sure if that answered your question. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So with this job description that they're putting together, they're adding more structure and just thinking about the responsibilities as a caretaker separate from their living a caretaker and a house cleaner or a housekeeper and, uh, you know, breaking down all those different positions that they are running in their home. Yeah. I think you also brought up a really good point too, to go ahead and talk with their spouse about it and say like, okay, this is how we're going to divide the responsibilities of parenthood yes. um, and looking at it in that way. Because I think a lot of women will innately be like, well, cleaning, like that's me like gender roles, like old gender roles, very traditional, like that's on me. And it's just like, and they, I'm just going to accept it and do it. But even like, you don't even need to have kids (laughs) for like doing the dishes to be laundry and dishes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's shared between everyone that lives in the home, whether it's you and your spouse, you and your grandma, you and a roommate. So I love that aspect that you're giving them permission to look at the tasks that they normally do and take on themselves and start to resent it after a while as being able to share that with other members in the household. And as the kids get older, they can help with those things too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's scary how much a lot of these ideas of what's the woman's domain or the mom's domain, as opposed to the man or the dad are ingrained. Like I just read a study uh, a week or two ago that talked about the hundred couples that were involved in this study And the couples were doing about 10 hours of housework a week before children. And then they followed as these couples had their first child and they followed these couples as the baby was born. And then the moms went back to work. So we have households where they're both working parents with one child and the number of household hours that the parents were putting in towards the household 
the men's hours went down and the women's hours went up. And I definitely think it comes back to these internalized gender roles of, well, that's the mom's responsibility. And I think we've got to get past that as a society, like that is just causing resentment. We wonder why the divorce statistics are so high. And honestly, we cannot ignore those kinds of stats when we're talking about that, because it is a team effort and it needs to be. And if you're you know, both contributing a certain number before, then there's absolutely no reason why one should start contributing less after a baby comes. It's just, it's like sickening. (laughs) But the thing is, is I don't think these men are doing it intentionally. I don't think they're like, oh, well, great. Now I can just sit and watch TV. Like, I think it's just the way that it plays out. And I think that we as women play a bigger role in this than we'd like to admit a lot of times, especially with newborns and just feeling like, oh, well, I'm the nurturing one. I know how to do this. You're not going to do it as well. You're not going to do it the right way. And just having these ideas of the way things need to be done. Obviously our spouse isn't going to want to help out if we're critiquing the way that they're doing it. One of my friends was talking about how her husband doesn't put formula in the bottle the right way and it creates air bubbles. And so her daughter gets gassy more. And I'm just like, ah, (laughs) like we are perpetuating these ideas by not allowing them to step it up and figure it out. Oh man. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So if you don't mind, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. (laughs) Yeah, please. So in the pandemic, my husband lost his job. So our home setup, we have one child and he's small, very small. So I was staying at home and taking care of him. And so I assumed the job of being a stay-at-home mom. And then he was working a traditional nine to five. So pandemic comes, husband loses his job. I have a degree. I'm a graphic designer. I've been doing projects on the side anyway. So I decide to scale up my business to go full-time to then provide for the family. So in a sense, we like swap gender roles and I was the one working full-time. And then my husband has been a stay-at-home dad. (laughs) And it was so interesting and still is very interesting to see how we traded responsibilities. My husband was so compassionate and so supportive of me because he understood the pressures of what it's like to have to provide for your family all on your own. (laughs) So he gave me a lot of grace. He gave me a lot of encouragement and I tried to do the same for him, but there were still moments where I'd be like, that's not how you take care of of the child. Like you got to do it this way. But just over time, it's just been so interesting to step back and let him learn how to navigate that job on his own and do it his way. And we've learned, oh, there's not only one way to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, (laughs) he'll love that I say this. The majority of the instances, his way was better. (laughs) (laughs) And how I did it. But I think that this scenario just like further proves that whoever is in charge of taking care of the child, if it's the husband, the wife, your spouse or partner, if it's a nanny, yeah, how they do it, just making sure that the child's taken care of and that they're happy. That's, that's how I know that the job's being done well and your relationship and how your relationship with your child doesn't have anything to do with that. Yes. So I've had to learn as a mom And as a woman, (laughs) how to navigate my new world, leaving behind all of everything that I've known about tradition and gender roles and what's expected of me and just those pressures to build a life for myself that is fulfilling, where I feel like 
I am connecting with my child and it's just been so different, but so interesting. And yeah. so getting to know you, we met when you were pregnant with your fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hearing this message come through, following you on Instagram, getting to know you personally, this has been what has made that possible for me to be able to make that switch, to be able to do something that was actually better for my family in the long run than I would have planned for myself beforehand. So I just want to add my little testimonial there. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so grateful that it's resonated with you and that you really feel like it has helped you because I do think that that's been something that's kind of discouraging about trying to spread this message and helping women internalize and understand this concept is that a lot of women, it's just hard and that's just the way it is, you know, and they're not really open to getting help or wanting help. And that has been so interesting to me to watch because I see these women who frankly aren't happy. And they tell me that, you know, like I'll ask on on stories, I'll have polls or whatever and be like, are you feeling expanded or constricted by motherhood? And 90% of them will say they're feeling constricted by motherhood. And and I'll offer these solutions for them and they just don't want to hear it. And so I appreciate your willingness to be open to it and allow it to help you in that way. Thanks. Yeah. I'm just grateful you've been here (laughs) to be my guide in that. So tell us about your boot camps. Okay. So this is new because I feel so passionate about this message. And at the beginning, I thought all I need to do is I just need to shout it from the rooftops, tell everybody on Instagram, they're going to get it. It's going to change their lives. Kind of like I did for you. And then as I've been doing this over the course of the last almost two years, I guess year and a half, probably I have realized that for a lot of women hearing it just isn't enough and they really need it broken down in a very personalized way. And so my boot camps are my solution for that is to help these women. It's in a small group. We keep the groups less than 10 women so that we can really unpack some of these ideas around motherhood that we've accumulated over our lifetimes. And I take them through these different exercises to really help them become more familiar with their sense of self aside from motherhood and then how they can use that to benefit their relationships. And one of my goals is to help reduce or even eliminate mom guilt for these women, which has been one of the coolest transformations that I've seen being able to help these women, some of which were almost paralyzed by this mom guilt and everything that they did really internalize this motherhood relationship and be able to just shed themselves of that. Actually, and one of the girls that went through the boot camp is working in a school as an aide full-time in the fall. And her husband is going to be a stay-at-home dad. I think he's going to be doing some classes online as well. And she said that a lot of that has been made possible because boot camp opened her mind to the option, you know, the possibility of maybe changing things up a little bit and knowing that that relationship can still remain intact. It's going to look a little bit different, but that's okay because we know we have the tools to support and facilitate this relationship, even as we are doing other things. I think it's really, really cool that you're doing this. And I feel like it's really smart to do it in a boot camp so that you can get to know the person, get to know their situation because everyone's situation and their family is so different. It's so unique. And I think a lot of mom guilt stems from not fitting into the mold of what you think 
your family should look like, what you think motherhood should look like. So I think it's really cool that you're really individualizing this for everybody. Where can they go to continue to follow you, learn from you, sign up for a boot camp? Yeah, the best place to follow along would be Instagram for sure. I'm the most present there. I'm Freckled Han on there. So my name is Hannah Olson, Freckled Han. A lot of people think I say Freckled Ham like a pig. So that's always difficult to articulate in a podcast. Anyway, and then my website is freckledhand.com and you can find more information about the bootcamp there. And the plan is to launch another bootcamp in September. So for sure, I guess, I don't know when this is going to air. Probably around then. So keep an eye out because if you can't make this one, then there will be ones after that. But I'm really excited about helping more women in this way and just really trying to take down some stereotypes, (laughs) both internally and externally. Sometimes it feels like fighting an uphill battle because of all the Instagram content out there that feels very uh, in opposition to what I'm trying to do. But I feel like anything worth doing is going to be hard. So, So I just have to buckle up and be in it for the long haul because I do feel very strongly about trying to help as many women as I can. Thank you so much for being in this space and being willing to take on that challenge. It's like you have a piece of gold that few people (laughs) also have. And so, yeah, (laughs) I really appreciate you making this large effort to help women have a new perspective and be able to see what their life could be like knowing this. So that means a lot to me. Thank you. Your support means so much to me. I can't even tell you how much it means when you share what I'm doing and my content and really just anything. So thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the female empowerment podcast. I truly appreciate you being here. And I would love it if you shared this amazing episode with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me at brandingforwomen.com or send me a message on Instagram. My handle is at branding for women. See you next time.